in perhaps one of his most famous speeches, President Ronald Reagan once said, in this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problems. Government is the problem. Although that speech is several decades old, he could very well have been referring to Bitcoin. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. you sexy sat stackers and welcome back to the latest edition of the bitcoin bulletin podcast today is wednesday march 30th 2022 and that means that once again it is dca wednesday are you ready to get your stack on well as i alluded to in our openings in my opening snippet there is a lot going on in bitcoin land today and uh not the least of which was our illustrious Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen appeared on CNBC this week and said that they were hoping to, quote, come out eventually with recommendations that will create a regulatory environment in which healthy innovation can thrive. Uh, B.S. Uh, that just happens to remind me of the, the old phrase, hey, I'm from the FAA and I'm here to help you. Or, hi, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. I just want to remind you, that the government never creates anything. By definition, it can only hinder. The government can't give without first taking. It can't create business. All it can do is regulate business. And for heaven's sakes, the very reason, the fundamental reason that Bitcoin was created in the first place was to do away with government control and manipulation, to, quote, take the thing out of the hands of government. I know that's jumping in kind of hot on a podcast that's supposed to be about dollar cost averaging and building our stack, but it just really gets under my skin every time I hear uh, buzzwords like um, regulatory clarity or uh, healthy innovation. Bitcoin is under attack. It has been under attack. Of course, the biggest attack is the owner's capital gains tax reporting uh, treatment that, that the IRS assigned to Bitcoin. Uh, you know, they couldn't come right out and just ban it. They know they can't come out and ban it. So the first thing they did was make it as impossible, as burdensome as possible to use for its fundamental use case, which is as a currency. Obviously, if you are honest and you and you do your taxes legally according to the IRS guidelines, it is an absolute nightmare to use Bitcoin for your everyday purchases. Uh, just the amount of accounting alone that goes into figuring out your cost basis and your capital gain or loss for each little microtransaction that you would make. And of course, that was the idea all along. Bitcoin legitimately should be treated as a currency, not as a, not as a commodity. Um, but they knew that by treating as a commodity that that would hinder Bitcoin. And that was by design. Make no mistake. Bitcoin. Big government strategy has always been death by 10,000 cuts. It's, that's how they do it every time, in 
every case, in everything the government has attempted to regulate it to destroy, they've never come straight out and just demolished it. They've always just slapped regulation after regulation after regulation onto something until it goes from just common sense regulation to complete and total government control. I mean, just look at where our healthcare system's gone in the last 30, 40, 50 years alone. Uh, most people in the Bitcoin space probably aren't old enough to remember a time before health insurance when you just went to the doctor and it was affordable or a time before student loans when college tuition wasn't as holically expensive. Most importantly, I just want to say don't be lulled into a false sense of security and do not negotiate with these people. Every inch you give the government, they will always, always come back for more. And the only compromise you will ever quote unquote win is always something ethereal, something that sounds good, but is essentially meaningless, like regular, regulatory clarity. All right. Well, uh, enough on my Janet Yellen and anti-government rant for right now, because uh, I am really worked up about it. One thing I do want to remind people about Janet Yellen is Janet Yellen is an enemy of Bitcoin and she will always be an enemy of Bitcoin. Pretend that you were in high school and that you're giving a speech in the auditorium in front of your entire high school and one of the nerdy kids comes up behind you and pulls your pants down and humiliates you in front of the entire auditorium. You are never going to forget that. And that is exactly what happened to Janet Yellen with the infamous Bitcoin sign guy thing. That was a big deal. I mean, that was humiliating for someone of her compose and her intellectual stature. She will never forget that. And that is going to leave a mark on her that will bias everything she does about Bitcoin. Picture back to that theoretical theoretical scenario where you got deep pantsed in front of your entire high school. What if that kid turned out to later be Elon Musk and you know he's doing all these wonderful things that you would normally be a big fan of? You're still going to hate Elon Musk. It doesn't matter. You are always going to hold that grudge. Janet Yellen is always going to hold that grudge. Do not trust her. Do not give her the opportunity to define your regulatory environment. Of course, fortunately, Bitcoin resists this anyway, but Mark my words, this administration in particular is going to keep coming after Bitcoin. It's you, You've seen this in almost every bill that's been put forward in the last year. You know, they, um, they've, they proposed some little regulation about uh, Bitcoin reporting or Bitcoin transactions. Uh, and then um, the, the, the first time around, it, the, the conventional thought was, oh, well, don't worry. It doesn't go into effect for two years. There's plenty of time to change it. But well before we've even had an opportunity to address that or make any corrections, there was already another bill put forward with additional regulatory restrictions on Bitcoin. And it's not just the United States. It's coordinated attack uh, throughout the entire world. Now, I don't think the government wants to get rid of Bitcoin because, quite frankly, they can use it. They just want to control it like everything else. And how they control it is they keep it out of your hands. They keep it in the exchanges. They make it an impossible for you to use. Uh, it's, it's like uh, the carrot and the stick. You know, they, they don't need to flat out uh, hit you with a club to prevent you from doing something. They just have to give you a carrot or, or in this case, a disincentive that just makes it just a little too inconvenient to take your coins off a of Coinbase. So I might as well just use the Coinbase wallet when I go to Starbucks, or I might as well just use Apple Pay linked to my Bitcoin wallet when I go to Starbucks. 
And, uh, you know, hey, I'm still using Bitcoin, right? Uh, what's changed? Well, what's changed is Bitcoin's been completely neutered. And what it's there for, its entire foundational, fundamental purpose will have been removed. And that is to take the money out of the hands of government, to fix the money. If government captures the money, it can't be fixed. And that's just all there is to it. All right. Well, there's certainly a lot more news to talk about. Um, you know, the European Union obviously is uh, inching closer to making it impossible for Bitcoiners to take custody of their own Bitcoin. And that's another pet peeve of mine. I tweeted about that just the other night. There is no such thing as a self-custody wallet. There are wallets. Either you have your keys in your wallet or someone else has the keys. Not your keys, not your Bitcoin. There are not custodial wallets. If you leave your Bitcoin on the exchange, it is not in your not it is not in your custodial wallet. It is Coinbase's Bitcoin. Period. Coinbase has a wallet. You have a wallet. That is all there ever will be. All right. So the news just gets better, right? Ripple scammer co-founder Chris Larson has announced recently that he's giving Greenpeace $5 million in an attempt to force Bitcoin to change from proof of work to proof of stake. Uh, this is being widely mocked in the Bitcoin community on Reddit, on Twitter. Uh, the thought is, well, if you were going to change Bitcoin uh, by force, that's been tried before and it failed. And while that is true... Uh, People that want to attack something, they just keep coming. This is like a siege. Sure, they might have made a run at the gate and been repelled the first time, but they're just going to keep coming. And they don't have to be lucky and win every time. They just have to win once and Bitcoin loses. We need to perhaps take this more seriously than a lot of people are. I know um, people like to make fun and poke fun at things. And of course, um, you know, you can, they can, as... Darjeezy said, fork off and create their POS Bitcoin and we'll still run whatever code we want on our nodes and they can't change fundamentally Bitcoin in that in that manner. But what will happen is Kraken and Gemini and Coinbase will start listing that new POS coin under the BTC logo and the normies will be buying that POS coin and it will have an effect on Bitcoin. So we need to fight this tooth and nail this ESG nonsense, this environmental FUD is, uh, they know it's working and that is why they're coming full force. And this latest attempt by Chris effing Larson of all people um, is dangerous and infuriating at the same time. All right, more confrontational, not confrontational, uh, more news that can be interpreted either as great or as bad. And I look at this as positive news. Terra now reportedly holds $1.45 billion of the Bitcoin with plans to eventually hold as much as $10 billion of the Bitcoin. If you don't know, Terra is a Bitcoin-backed quote-unquote stablecoin. They have a market cap of about $37 billion. I just checked and, and a Terra or Luna is trading about $106.34 a coin. Definitely an S-coin. But here's the flip side. Love it or hate it, um, this is all just part of Bitcoin adoption. People are worried that, well, if when Terra fails, $10 billion Bitcoin getting dumped on the market is a big deal and could definitely shock the price. And yeah, it could. But the same thing could be said about MicroStrategy or any 
adoption of Bitcoin, for that matter, on a large scale. If El Salvador fails in their experiment, that could be a shock to the price. Uh, that's just the risk you take. You do not get progress without taking some risk. And my personal opinion is $10 billion of the Bitcoin off the market is, is that's just a good thing. And sure, some projects are going to fail and others are going to succeed. But hopefully, as Bitcoin continues to gain adoption, uh, this is this is that institutional adoption that people were talking about all these years ago. Uh, 10, 10 more billion dollars of the Bitcoin being off the table in the long run is good for Bitcoin. Uh, scarcity, as they say, uh, is the is the driver but between supply and demand or is the value driver of supply and demand. All right. Well, uh, I mean, there's just a lot that's been going on this week. Uh, we're less than a week away now from Bitcoin 2022. Bitcoin price has been pumping. Uh, some people have been wondering, is this, is this recent run-up in Bitcoin price kind of the, the, the conference bump being priced in? I think that's kind of how it turned out the last Bitcoin conference, last couple Bitcoin, Bitcoin conferences. There's always a conference pump. Uh, people get excited, Bitcoin price goes up, but sometimes that happens right before, you know, kind of the buy the rumors, sell the news thing. So it's possible that the run up in price is just all the excitement around Bitcoin 2022. I think more of it has to do with Bitcoin coming off the market, uh, that $1.45 billion worth of Bitcoin being purchased by Luna or Terra uh, definitely would have had some impact. Rumors continue to abound what about, about what the big announcement or announcements of Bitcoin 2020 will be. 2022 will be. Of course, with Nayib Bukele, the president of El Salvador, promising a big uh, a big announcement. I mean, you, you only wonder what he's going to say to outdo himself last year announcing Bitcoin as legal tender in El Salvador. People, um, people speculate that another country adopting Bitcoin as legal tender might be one of the announcements. One rumor that it was partially discredited when the tweet came out from a parody account but has not gone away, uh, has persisted nonetheless, is that Apple may announce that they're partnering with Strike for, for Bitcoin Lightning payments. Uh, who knows? All we know is that we've been promised something exciting is going to be announced, and we're only one week away now from finding out what that's going to be. Uh, and it's a distinct possibility that that is why Bitcoin's pumping. Hopefully, whatever they announce will pump Bitcoin even harder. I'm super excited. I'm unfortunately not going to be there. I am going to be in Florida. I just won't be attending the conference. I had a uh, I had personal um, obligations that have gotten in the way, so most likely I will not be there. It would be cool if I could drop in for a day or so. I will be in the area, but uh, I will definitely be watching every bit of information. I'll be watching the live streams and following everybody on Twitter and waiting to see just what these exciting announcements are going to be. Also, in some positive news, depending on how you look at it once again, Adam Meister, or at TechBald on Twitter, tweeted that he thinks the the uh, the launch of ETH 2.0 is going to trigger a huge Bitcoin rally. Other pundits on financial media have said this as well, with one uh, recently predicting that the launch of ETH 2.0 is going to cause ETH to surge to as much as $6,000 a coin. And while that would be a doubling, more than doubling, of Ethereum's current price, um, the theory is uh, the entire market will be pumped uh, by this. By this, and just like every other coin on the market has basically been riding on Bitcoin's coattails. Uh, when uh, if if ETH really does get a big pump, it would be reasonable to assume that that Bitcoin and a bunch of other uh, coins would pump 
as well. You know, the, the whole market will rally because the fools rush in, so to speak. TechBolt tweeted, quote, I have been saying this for a while. ETH 2.0 will lead to a big BTC pump, continuing that he will hopefully be releasing a short video on his YouTube channel explaining this belief, quote unquote, soon. Soon being a uh, an interesting concept, especially when talking about the launch of ETH 2.0, which has been any day now for quite some time. All right, well, back to the reason we're here, uh, and that is to stack some sats. But before we do that, let's look at the vital statistics. I haven't gotten into those yet, and that is we are currently sitting at a block height of 729,757. Bitcoin is worth $47,125 a coin. That's 2,122 sats per cuckbuck. That is a lot more expensive than the $43,180 a coin that it cost you when we stacked last Wednesday. Bitcoin will currently cost you 24.4 ounces of gold if you want to buy one Bitcoin with your shiny little yellow rocks. Uh, a one barrel of oil will currently set you back 240,847 240, sats. Uh, Bitcoin is ringing in at a market cap of $895.3 billion. I know a lot of people don't care about market cap and they think it's just a theoretical construct because obviously not every Bitcoin that's in existence has been purchased at the current price. So that is kind of a, a deterministic representation um, a lot of that Bitcoin is bought for pennies or, or mined for free. So, but uh, it is a useful metric in many different financial instruments, Bitcoin uh, not, uh, Bitcoin included. And seeing that the market capitalization, at least theoretically, is approaching that $1 trillion mark again is exciting. Along those lines, it's been 140 days since Bitcoin hit its all-time high $69,000. And we are down 31.7% from that all-time high. Uh, but that's not too shabby. Considering historically Bitcoin has hit a new, new all-time high and then crashed by as much as 80%, being down 31.7% from the all-time high is uh, still significantly better than where we started this bull run at. Uh, $47,000 per coin is a lot of money. Um, and there's a lot of people that are sitting in the green now. In fact... Uh, we are now in the green for the year. Uh, Bitcoin had been in the red for most of 2022 simply because the all-time high was last fall. So, you know, when you're at the sky, when the sky's the limit, all you have is down, right? So since we're not at the all-time high, obviously some people would have been in the red. And now that we've regained some of that ground, a lot of people uh, that were in the red now are sitting pretty again. And that is pretty cool. The mempool is looking a little busier than it has been. We are currently looking at five blocks to clear. There's only 5,674 transactions pending. Some of them are rather large transactions. Um, and it will cost you 11 sats per kilobyte or 11 sats per virtual byte to guarantee your transaction will be in the next block. However, one sat per byte transactions will still clear within a day. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them clear a lot faster than that. Um, it's heading into the evening hours here, and transaction volume usually tends to trend downward when the United States and Europe is asleep. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, partially full blocks, plentiful, uh, later this evening. Um, that being said, 
Uh, I'm not telling you to set your transactions at one sat per byte. Uh, it would be prudent to use replace by fee if you want to pull that off because if Bitcoin does run again, uh, those one sat per virtual byte transactions may never clear again. Although, uh, unlike Matt O'Dell, I think uh, we will always see one sat per byte transactions clear. The question is, how much will that sat be worth? Uh, you know, one day when a sat's worth a dollar, a uh, dollar per transaction is a lot more expensive than what a sat, uh, one sat per byte transaction is right now. Along those lines, the 24-hour transaction volume rate is humming along at 3.17 transactions per second. That is up from last week. We were at 3.11 transactions per second last week. Both weeks were above that three transaction per second number I like to see. And we've been consistently above three transactions per second for more than a month now, which also corresponds with the rally that we've seen. So um, I know I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not a, I'm not a psychic. I don't believe in transaction analysis, but I have noticed a trend that when transactions, when the 24-hour on-chain transaction rate is above three transactions per second, Bitcoin is usually going up or at least not crashing. We are only 35 blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment, and that is going to be an upwards of difficulty adjustment of 3.8%. Uh, we had had a minus 0.4% difficulty adjustment a decrease in difficulty, that is, uh, last difficulty adjustment. Um, that um, is definitely going to change in a big way with a 3.8% increase in difficulty. And that is because blocks are currently averaging 9 minutes and 38 seconds this difficulty epic. That's a little closer to the 10-minute goal than we were last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, they were averaging 9, minute and, nine minutes and 32 seconds per block. So hash rate has been increasing. Uh, I have espoused a theory on the last several episodes that Bitcoin miners have either packed up or been destroyed in a significant number with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Ukraine has a higher than average uh, amount of Bitcoin adoption. There was a significant amount of mining going on there. Even if the miners haven't moved, been moved or destroyed, a lot of Ukraine has been destroyed. And if there's no power or internet and your building has been demolished, it does not matter if your S19 is in pristine condition or not. However, uh, with this upward difficulty increase coming along, uh, we're going to be approaching uh, approaching record difficulty again, and that is that is always an encouraging sign, unless you are an ESG nut job. All right, well, that about does it for my opinions, my rants, for my take on the news. There certainly is a lot going on out there in Bitcoin land, um, so... It's just continuing to get more and more exciting. It's great to see that Bitcoin is up again um, with this recent price surge. We are now sitting at an average cost basis that is pretty much we're all, we we pretty much almost broken even. We have uh, what do we have? We have one million four hundred sixty three thousand one hundred forty nine Sats in our stack. That's currently worth six hundred and eighty nine dollars and fifty cents. We've invested $700, but $15.75 of that has been in fees. So after fees, we're actually up $5.25. So for the first time in a while, if you don't include the fees, we're back in the green. And hopefully uh, by next week, we'll be looking even better. Um, but that being said, let's get our stack on. Um, if you were just following us, we've been testing out the, the hypothesis, the investment strategy of dollar cost averaging. DCA, dollar cost averaging, is an investment strategy 
where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. When we started this experiment, we picked the interval of every Wednesday weekly, which is a pretty common DCA interval. Um, people DCA at different intervals, depending on, on how much money they want to invest and in, in, in their personal preference and the, and the type of asset they're investing in. With Bitcoin, you can invest even hourly with some services now. A lot of people invest daily. Weekly seems to be the most common. Some people invest monthly. Others invest whenever they get their paychecks. So that might be weekly for some, bi-weekly for others, uh, or monthly even, depending on what type of employment arrangement you have. But we chose weekly. And again, the important thing is to pick an, in, uh, pick an interval and be consistent. If you start moving around trying to play the markets, you're not DCAing. You are gambling. You're you're, uh, you're trying to you're trying to uh, you're trying to trade the markets. You're trying to time the markets, and that defeats the purpose of DCA. We picked a relatively small amount of money, twenty dollars, and the reason I chose twenty is because it's an amount that pretty much anybody that wants to get into Bitcoin should be able to come up with, even in some of the smaller, um, poorer parts of the world. Twenty dollars is not a lot of money in the United States and Europe. It is certainly not. A lot of money. Most people spend more than that on Starbucks or on a couple beers after work. So uh, I chose $20 because it's doable for almost anybody. Uh, it's a relatively small amount. Uh, again, you do you. If $20 is nothing to you, then you decide uh, a, an amount that you feel comfortable investing regularly that might be more appropriate for you. But again, the important thing is that you pick an, uh, that you pick a, a, a dollar amount that is consistent and that you invest it in regular intervals regardless of price. Again, this is going to be the 36th stack we've made. We started all the way back on July 28th, so not quite a year ago. We didn't necessarily have the best timing in the world. We started stacking right as the um, right after the well we stacked after the first Elon pump when Bitcoin hit like 60 the first time, but right before it it, it hit 69,000 for sure. Uh, as a result, we purchased Bitcoin all the way is uh, expensive as $65,969 and as inexpensively as $36,472, but nowhere near as cheaply as we would have purchased before this halving bull run started, before we broke $20,000 for the first time, uh, or for the, broke the previous all-time high again for the, for the first time. So Again, dollar cost averaging is a long-term investment strategy. Investing in Bitcoin in general should be considered a long-term investment. You should not be planning on selling your Bitcoin for a minimum of one halving cycle. And that's on, in general about four years, although even longer would be better. Ten years would be ideal in my personal opinion. You know, anybody that's been in Bitcoin for at least ten years uh, and didn't lose it to Mt. Gox or trade it away on the Silk Road is sitting really, really pretty right now. And there's no reason to believe that while past performance is no guarantee of future results, that um, it, Bitcoin continues the returns it's averaged every year of its entire existence, uh, it will be worth a significant more in 10 years. Uh, and I firmly believe that Bitcoin is an all-or-nothing proposition. It is either going to change the world or it's going to fail. Uh, if it fails, then your Bitcoin will be a, a trinket, a token. Who knows what it'll be worth? Maybe it'll go to zero. If it doesn't fail, um, it's going to be worth a lot of money because there's only ever going to be 21 million. And we are just a couple of days away from having 19 million of those 21 million Bitcoins already mined. 
there won't be enough Bitcoin for every millionaire in the world to have even one. So Bitcoin has nowhere to go but up just by uh, looking at the simple laws of supply and demand. You don't have to pay attention to any of the transaction analysis or believe in stock um, in Plan B stock to flow model. All you have to know is that when you learned about supply and demand, whether it was playing that video game Lemonade or trading cards in uh, or marbles or whatever you traded when you were a kid, um, supply and demand dictates price. And if something is rare, it goes up in value. Your Pokemon card is worth a lot of money simply because it's rare. Uh, it has no intrinsic value other than that. And that is the essence of supply and demand. So again, this is not financial advice. And the whole purpose of this podcast is just for me to test out the theory of dollar cost averaging. So let's get to it. I know I've said that already, but this time I mean it. And as usual, we're going to stack using the handy dandy cash app. Uh, it seems like I'm pipping cash app quite a bit and they are not a sponsor. They are not paying me to do this. Uh, I just think cash app is easy to use. I love it for a lot of various reasons, including they've got perks. Like I have a, a debit card that, that, you, that you can get with Cash App for free. And they often have a boost on it where if you use the debit card link to your Cash App, um, you get discounts. And one discount that I, I get frequently is 5% back at any restaurant in Bitcoin. And um, each week, uh, maybe once in the last couple months, that boost hasn't been available. But again, just yesterday, once again, um, I got 5% back in Bitcoin, uh, got a couple thousand sats just for going to dinner, money I was going to spend anyway. Uh, so that's pretty cool. They are not the cheapest option for purchasing Bitcoin, but they are one of the easiest. If you're trying to save money, there are professional, cheaper platforms to use. However, um, Cash App will let you transfer your Bitcoin to your cold storage for free. So a lot of services will not. They will make you pay a mining fee. And so depending on how busy the network is, how expensive uh, transaction fees get, what you save on uh, not paying a minor fee to move your Bitcoin to cold storage might very well make up for uh, that two and a quarter percent you're paying in fees for purchasing Bitcoin. And also, since we're only buying $20, uh, that's only 45 cents in fees. Uh, and that's not very much. Uh, I probably would not recommend buying uh, Bitcoin on Cash App if you're going to invest 10 grand or more. And quite frankly, that's probably above their limits anyway. I don't remember what their purchase limits are off the top of my head. But for small amounts, for dollar cost averaging, uh, Cash App is just easy. And it might not even be available where you're at. So pick your favorite app and get started. But we're going to use Cash App. And as usual, I don't have any money on my Cash App, but one of the, thing, one of the things I love is that I, I do have a debit card linked to Cash App, and not just their debit card that gives me the boosts, but an actual debit card for my credit union. And so all I have to do is add $20, and it is instantly available to me. And then you hit the little Bitcoin logo in the bottom right-hand corner, hit buy, tap $20, and it's going to ask me to confirm. And... Boom, just like that, I purchased another 41,570 sats at a price of $47,029.11, so just a tiny bit cheaper than what Bitcoin was at when we started recording. Um, and that is going to bring our stack up to 1,504,719 sats, and it actually increased our average cost basis for the first time in weeks. Our average cost basis now is... 
$47,849.47. That is up $7.45 over last week. And that's because, uh, well, with <clears throat> fees and with Bitcoin being substantially more expensive than last week, um, it increased our average cost basis. Last week, uh, it dropped it by $119.41. So we had trended down quite a bit. Our average cost basis has been significantly higher than than the $47,849 that it is right now. Um, but it's cool to be back at basically the break-even point. And if um, Bitcoin does go to the moon one day, and for me, and the moon means different things to different people, we've definitely exceeded the moon for some of the original Bitcoiners. Um, you know, a lot of people considered dollar Bitcoin parity the moon, uh, then maybe $1,000 was the moon. Uh, for me, uh, the, the commonly accepted moon is a million dollars of Bitcoin or somewhere in that general vicinity. And if we do hit the $1 million of Bitcoin mark, our current stack will have a value of $15,047.19. And that is a heck of a return for a $720 investment. So hopefully this has been useful for you. And hopefully you will join us again next Wednesday because we are going to keep stacking every Wednesday until Bitcoin either goes to zero it goes to the moon and we're all living on our citadel somewhere or you just get bored and stop listening until then thanks for listening and keep on stacking those sats you sexy sat stackers <laughs>